You're listening to the Gov Future podcast, highlighting discussions and insights around innovative technology impacting the public sector. Hear from experts working with and inside the government on ways that technology is shaping the future of the public sector. On this episode, we talk to Mitch Winans, Senior Advisor, Enterprise Digitalization Office at the Internal Revenue Service, IRS. We discuss how digitization and digitalization are transforming operations and services provided by the IRS, as well as an augmented reality mobile application prototyped by the agency, challenges the IRS faces when implementing new technologies, and ways in which automation, AI, and advanced analytics is improving the taxpayer experience with the IRS. Stay tuned. Hello, and welcome to the GovFuture podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Mulch. And I'm your host, Ron Schmelzer. And we've definitely been on a roll here interviewing so many great thought leaders across a wide range of public sector areas, of course, focusing on innovation. And if you haven't listened to our interviews with folks in federal and state and civilian and defense and focused on different aspects of AI and automation and big data and cybersecurity and zero trust and IT modernization, so many different topics, these are all great conversations. And uh, you, well, you should subscribe and, and really make sure that you are on with the GovFuture podcast. And of course, if this is your first time, this is a great podcast to hear from public sector thought leaders and get some insights into how these different agencies and different folks are adopting transformative technology. And here's some great conversations on key topics that will help you, our listeners, and of course, our GovFuture members learn the latest innovations and best practices to help you stay ahead of innovation in the public sector. Exactly. And for our listeners that aren't familiar, GovFuture is the fastest growing community of government innovators. And we are more than just this podcast. So we encourage you to learn more. Go to GovFuture.com where you can learn more about that. And I'll make sure to link to that in the show notes as well. But we really do try and bring together the entire you know, ecosystem of government innovators. And we like to interview people from many different agencies, federal, state, local, so that we can get that holistic perspective. We're so excited to have on our podcast today, Mitch Winans, who is Senior Advisor, Enterprise Digitalization Office at IRS. Welcome, Mitch, and thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, Kathleen and Ron. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. We're really looking forward to today's podcast. So we'd like to start by having you introduce yourself to our listeners and tell them a little bit about your background and what you do at the IRS. Of course, of course. Thanks again, Kathleen. It's great to be here and uh, looking forward to the conversation. So again, my name is Mitch Winans. I'm a senior advisor with the Enterprise Digitalization Team at the IRS. Uh, my background is in strategic planning, CX, and stakeholder relations. I've uh, worked at a few different federal agencies during my career. I started at the U.S. Department of Homeland Security. I was there for just under a decade. And then I was at the First Responder Network Authority under the Department of Commerce. Uh, and then uh, now I've been at the IRS for about six years, which is hard to believe. Um, but I've had the privilege of wearing many different hats uh, and being a part of many, many different teams. And, and, and right now it's really, really awesome just being a part of the team that's trying to drive innovation and uh, digital transformation for our agency and better support taxpayers and, and also our internal employees uh, and what we're doing. Um, a little bit more about my, my current role as a senior advisor. I'm uh, uh, essentially responsible for organizational development, stakeholder relations, including talking with great industry folks like, uh, like you and Ron, 
And then also with uh, strategic planning and initiatives, and I think we'll get to touch on a couple different of those uh, uh, initiatives as we have our conversation today. Uh, in case it's helpful for your listeners, a little bit more of a background about our uh, team's mission at the IRS. Uh, so our digitalization team is really focused on trying to enhance the taxpayer and IRS and, um, employee experience through modernizing and consolidating uh, legacy systems, simplifying or really reimagining business processes, and trying to help empower taxpayers and our, our employees to be able to more rapidly resolve issues through, uh, through digital tools and digital capabilities, create more of those self-service capacities, if you will. Uh, so our team is essentially... It's a part CX, part data management, and part process improvement organization all wrapped up into one. Uh, we, we do a lot of different work within, you know, uh, uh, looking at what's the best combination of policy, uh, business process, and technology that can help us meet taxpayers and employees where they are, uh, fulfill some of our different strategic goals, and just create, create a more digitally driven agency. Uh, so thanks again for having me today. This is a really exciting and unique uh, forum to be a part of and, and have the opportunity to talk about our team's work. So I'm really looking forward to the conversation. Yeah, it's really interesting because a lot of people, you know, when they think about organizations and agencies like the IRS, where, you know, you think about like, oh, you think about paper and you think about all these processes mm-hmm. and manual processes. And of course, everything is moving, you know, just in general, our daily lives are moving towards electronic transactions, what we have been for 20, 30 years now. And, you know, all of our online purchases are going online and things we order. And of course, we think both in terms of, you know, converting the existing paper into digital digital formats, which of course, that's the digitization topic. But then of course, we think about the existing processes and the things that we do, which are not digital processes, they're human-based processes, and maybe involve calling. Everybody's like thinking, oh, picking up the phone and calling an agency like there. Is that 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 could be overwhelming for folks. All of those are being made digital as well. So I think that's sort of the context of digitization on the one hand and digitalization on the other hand. But, you know, it would be great to get your sort of insights into kind of where these things are heading, you know, how digitization and digitalization are transforming the operations and services in the IRS and maybe kind of where things are heading. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Ron. And uh, yeah, I completely agree with you. We're, we're living in a very interesting and uh, fascinating time with a lot of uh, transformational change happening uh, in our consumer and private lives, but then also a lot of good activity happening from a public sector perspective, too. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I think the, the IRS has really introduced a lot of new technologies to help taxpayers file electronically over the years, and we've made tremendous progress in that direction. But many taxpayers still choose to file on paper for a variety of reasons. Uh, for example, in the 2022 filing year, the IRS received over 13 million individual paper returns, and there were millions of other additional returns in different, different categories in different areas. So paper returns, as, as you know, I'm sure you're aware, uh, require a lot of manual processing. It's very time-consuming. It's labor-intensive. It can be prone to human errors. Uh, so we're really working to combat these challenges through agency-wide digital transformation and looking at you know, some, of, some of the different tools and, and concepts uh, that are out there that we need to pay attention to. Um, so you referred to two important uh, uh, steps that I want to touch on, digitization versus digitalization. It's a, it's a mouthful at a, at a tongue twister, which is why we often call ourselves uh, Team Digi, <laughs> just, to, uh, just to simplify it for folks when we're introducing ourselves. Uh, but anyways, uh, our definitions of those uh, concepts that might be uh, helpful for listeners is um, digitization we look at that as a process of converting analog information into a digital format that can be stored electronically through 
what you'd think of for uh, traditional scanning processes. So this is really looking at the uh, scanning and digital storage uh, and, and some of the ROI and benefits of, of that. Uh, the, the second uh, concept is digitalization uh, is a little bit more uh, comprehensive. We look at that as more of the process of converting text, pictures, sound, other, other types of data into a digital format that can be processed by a computer and, and easily shared. So really looking at how can we get our data into a machine-readable format so we can use different tools out there like uh, RPA, intelligent automation, uh, um, some of the analytics capabilities that are out there. We can make better, uh, um, better, better use of of that data in our business decisions, and hopefully improve experiences for taxpayers and our employees. So, so from there, we have a, a few different initiatives that are related to uh, digitization and, and digitalization. Um, we have a few things that we're uh, looking at, but to highlight uh, uh, a couple of automation and scanning related projects in that arena. Uh, right now, we're focused on uh, uh, three IRS forms in particular. The IRS has many forms. Uh, we have uh, over 1,400 different forms. That's how we uh, often do business and how we respond to legislation, uh, for better or worse. There's some other pieces of that conversation we could get into. Um, but that being said, we're, we're looking at um, uh, focusing our scanning projects on, on three of those forms in particular. Form 940, uh, which is the annual federal unemployment tax return. Uh, Form 90, 941, which is the um, employer's uh, payroll tax, basically the federal tax return on a quarterly basis, and then Form 1040, uh, which is uh, everybody's favorite, the individual income tax return that, that many people are familiar with. We're focused on those three forms currently uh, because they represent over 50% of the paper returns that are filed at the IRS annually. Um, so we're very excited that through some of our scanning initiatives, which I can get into more of the details later, um, as of, I think, uh, uh, last week, early, early June, we've now uh, um, uh, over half a million of those forms have been scanned and accepted digitally into our modernized e-file system. So that may not sound very uh, uh, glamorous or exciting to folks on the outside, but this is a huge, huge accomplishment uh, and a multi-year journey uh, uh, for us. We've had over 470,000 of those Form 940s, uh, 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 just under 70,000 of the Form 9041s and over 16,000 of the 1040s that have been scanned and accepted into modernized e-file. Um, so that, that's huge for us. And we're looking at a lot of the time savings and cost savings that are going to be generated from that. And we're really focused on the rest of this, this uh, calendar year and into next year, ramping that up and continuing to scale that capability to those forms because they're very high volume, but then also looking at other forms or other potential use cases across the IRS. Um, another area that's kind of in the more in the digitalization um, space is, is we're also looking at technologies that can help us improve our customer experience and, and our customer service to, to taxpayers. Uh, so, for example, during the 2022 filing season, the IRS received over 73 million calls from taxpayers seeking help or, or guidance or, or some way. Um, and so, as, as you may be aware, at the IRS, we, we weren't able to respond to all the calls for multiple reasons. Uh, we got many people working incredibly hard, trying to provide good through service to taxpayers, we just couldn't couldn't handle the volume. So as part of that, we're also looking at enhanced mobile applications, uh, as, as you're aware, and other tools that can help expand our, our service. So I know we'll get into a little bit more of that later, but I think bottom line is that uh, uh, the IRS is really entering an era of profound transformation. I think it's really, really exciting uh, for us right now. It's hard work, but the, the recent release of the Inflation Reduction Act and the Strategic Operating Plan for that in April help set a clear path forward for the agency and how we can make dramatic improvements in taxpayer experience. So we're really excited for the months and, and few years ahead.
Yeah, I think anybody that works with, for, around government knows there's a lot of forms, a lot of processes. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so for our listeners yeah, that aren't at the well. IRS, right, they can say, all right, how did you do that? Really look to you as kind of a guiding star with this because I'm sure there's a lot to learn. And that's part of why we have these podcasts and we like to bring this innovation community together because you can learn from others. And I think that's so important and we don't always share as much as we should. So another area, you know, mm-hmm. that we have as part of our community is our Gov Future Forums. And specifically, we have one in DC. And at our June 2023 Gov Future Forum DC event, uh, Mitch and his team demoed a prototype for a new augmented reality mobile application, which is pretty cool. So maybe can you provide a high-level overview of this mobile app, why it was created, what it does? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. Uh, thanks, Kathleen. It was great participating in that event and appreciate you yeah, giving us the opportunity to showcase what the IRS team is, is doing and trying to build. So uh, as, as you alluded to, our, um, our digitalization team, along with several other partners at the IRS, um, used our um, uh, what we call Pilot IRS, which is a streamlined procurement and phase funding model uh, to rapidly design and develop a multi-purpose mobile application. Uh, so the current application that's in a prototype form, still under uh, development and, and testing. Um, but the idea behind it is that uh, the current prototype could be used when a taxpayer aims a mobile device at, at any IRS form, uh, uh, letter, documents, whether it's a paper version or, or a digital image of it. And then the app immediately could provide um, guidance and helpful information to the taxpayer um, that they would normally see on irs.gov. So. Uh, the, the, the app helps taxpayers receive personalized content based on their unique tax circumstance uh, without using any personally identifiable information or any federal tax information. It's just pulling publicly available info from IRS.gov um, in a way that can help uh, help them get the answers that they need, You know, whether it's differentiating between one document versus another, uh, maybe identifying if they qualify for any exemptions, or just pointing them to the right area or the right resource so they can get more information and, and answers to some of their questions. Um, one uh, one way we like to describe it, uh, a colleague helped to describe it to me was, um, if any of your listeners are familiar with the app called Vivino, um, which is a really cool app that's been around for a few years. But anyways, the Vivino app um, is related to the, the food and cuisine uh, uh, industry. But that's where a, um, a user can point a mobile device at any uh, bottle of wine, or maybe a grocery store shelf label uh, uh, in the wine section or a restaurant menu. And then the app automatically provides info about uh, the vineyard, the type of wine, uh, ratings or reviews, where to buy it, uh, what foods to pair it with, things like that. So anyways, I mentioned that for for two points. Uh, First point is, uh, Ron and Kathleen, if you know how to make doing your taxes as fun as shopping for wine, can you please let me know? <laughs> We've been trying to figure it out for a while and uh, haven't, haven't cracked the code there. Uh, but more seriously, the, the second reason I mentioned that is that our uh, prototype application is uh, has some similar functionalities and uses uh, three main technologies that I wanted to highlight. Uh, the first technology the app uses is augmented reality. Um, and that's used to scan and intuitively recognize IRS images or documents and basically um, see what you and I would see and then provide guidance in an interactive environment for, for the taxpayer. The second technology the app uses is natural language processing, uh, which helps us automatically understand and answer unique questions in plain language and to help personalize the content for the taxpayer that's using the application. And then the third technology the app uses is uh, machine learning, which is used to continuously learn 
uh, without having to be explicitly reprogrammed in an effort to continuously optimize the app, improve the taxpayer experience, and put real-time information in, in the palm of your hand as a taxpayer. So, uh, so the application, it's still in a, a prototype uh, uh, phase, like, uh, like I mentioned, um, but we're really focused on continuing to test it, get more user feedback to validate the utility of it, and we're really excited to see, uh, see its potential in the future. Yeah, that's really interesting. And I, I think it's 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 interesting because just like with the podcast and the forum and all the stuff that we do at Good Futures, a lot of cross-pollination. There's a lot of different ideas that combine together mm-hmm. with this mobile app. On the mm-hmm. one hand, you have digitization, which has some natural language processing, some computer vision, some of those applications. Then you have the augmented reality and some of the mobile app and those things, but we also have some of the concerns and issues we got to deal with cybersecurity and and make sure that information deal with the privacy aspects. And of course, we may have the cloud in there somewhere. We got all the technologies combined together, mm-hmm. right? And as far as, <laughs> right. make, as far as making these things fun, I mean, so maybe on. you could try to gamify it. I don't really know what you could do with the form. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> collect some points, maybe earn, maybe discover some uh, deductions or some credits that you may not be right. aware of. I don't know. <laughs> Lots of, lots of possibilities. <laughs> that, those are policy decisions and uh, app decisions well beyond my pay grade. But uh, in my area, <laughs> But um, one of the interesting <laughs> things, let's talk a little bit about some of these challenges because uh, you know putting something like this into practice and some of the other challenges in general around digitization and digitalization, maybe some things that may be obvious to our listeners and maybe some things that may not be obvious in terms of some of the things we ran into, technology and process and change management, these things all kind of come, in, come into play. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a great question, uh, Ron, and an important topic. Thanks for bringing it up. I think uh, we we like to joke um, uh, on our team that we uh, we don't have technology problems, we have people problems. Uh, but I, I say that uh, uh, jokingly. But I think uh, not just the IRS, but m- many government agencies and teams um, only reward compliance and risk aversion. Um, you know, it's, it's harder to quantify and, and have you know performance metrics for other things. But we often do not reward good customer experience or good employee experience or even just sound business judgment in, in, a, in a general sense. So I think that that's something that we, we talk about every day and looking at organizational culture and, and behavior and some of the, uh, the norms that are, are created and continued is we just we, we have to find ways to be more open minded, uh, you know, have have an open organizational culture. And think about are there ways where we can have more empowering policy environments uh, with project frameworks that help uh, enable or really incentivize employees to not only try new new approaches, but to also be able to implement them and, and scale them if, if they work and show promise. So that that's a key area that um, that is a challenge and something we think about and work on every day. I think uh, some other uh, uh, areas to highlight is I think. Um, is the parallel business processes, right? It's not just the technology or, or just the, you know, the office that's looking at actually implementing or owning a, a new tool or solution. There are a lot of other parallel business processes that are instrumental in us being successful. So, for example, uh, cybersecurity, uh, what are those review and approvals look like? They're, they're critical, but are there ways that we can, we can get those done, uh, you know, in a shorter period of time and, and not get bogged down with something that takes 12 to 24 months? Uh, and then we're potentially implementing a, a project plan for a technology that may be uh, integrated or slightly outdated because things are moving so quickly. Another business process area is, is uh, privacy, uh, uh, data protection and pr- protecting taxpayer data and employee data and, 
is, uh, is, is, is uh, incredibly important and we take that commitment very seriously. But also let's, you know, uh, we also need to make sure we're having the appropriate levels uh, of assessment for that and, and, you know, categorizing the different amounts of risk and, you know, is it low, medium or high? Uh, and how are we taking calculated risks and managed risks and, and while we still protect, uh, protect our data and protect taxpayers' information? Another parallel business process is procurement. Uh, I've uh, come from that arena, very proud uh, uh, procurement alum, if you will, with a lot of experience in that area. Uh, Pilot RRS, as, as I mentioned, our streamlined procurement and phase funding approach is something that's been very successful and impactful for us, so allowing us to try to buy like a VC. Uh, but we need to we need to expand that. We need to um, have more opportunities to use that to try it out, uh, tweak it, hone it, improve it. Um, and, and really to be able to attract some of those non-traditional partners in the private sector to come work in, uh, in the IRS uh, marketplace and consider IRS or treasury opportunities. Uh, and then kind of the last business process uh, uh, that, that is an important one is uh, the HR human resources realm, looking at personnel security. How quickly can we onboard contractor personnel? Uh, once we do award a contract, how quickly can we get them in the door, get them a badge, uh, a computer access to the network, so they can start doing work and developing these tools and applications we need to, to grow and improve. So I think from there, uh, uh, some of the ways that we uh, try to tackle these challenges, I got to commend um, our leadership, uh, Harrison Smith and, and Molly Kane, uh, particularly Harrison, for helping develop um, some cultural principles for our team. So there's five main cultural principles that we focus on that I wanted to share with you both and your listeners today. The first cultural principle that we try to focus on is uh, to be transparent and acknowledge challenges. Um, we're doing a lot of new work, and I think it's really important to talk about it um, and acknowledge some of those, those realities and be as transparent as possible. The second cultural pr principle is to be, be pro-digitalization, not anti-status quo. Um, there may be existing inefficiencies that are very frustrating and confusing, but there are typically reasons for those scenarios. Um, and, and we need to really just be pro-digitalization and, and approach people with empathy and respect as we try to tackle those, those challenges together and, and uh, um, get unstuck, if, if you will. The third cultural principle is to uh, find balance. So this, this work is really hard. As you guys know, you supported many different clients in the uh, private and public sector, uh, but, it's, but it's worthwhile. We gotta, we gotta make sure we're taking care of ourselves uh, and, and others and finding balance. I think the last couple of years with the COVID-19 pandemic really, really taught us a lot about that. The fourth cultural principle is to create partnerships. We can't succeed alone. Uh, we're literally not uh, authorized or appropriated to do our jobs on our own. We're mandated to partner with the private sector. Um, and I think that that is incredibly important to, uh, to, to really facilitate and nurture and promote those industry partnerships. But then also internally with uh, other program offices, business units, the different divisions and offices that we need to um, uh, partner with to, to make success happen, those are, those are critical. We have to actively cultivate and nurture those. And then the last cultural uh, principle is to be kind. Our office exists to help people, um, and we just have to remember that, and, and people will always remember how you made them feel. So we really try to stay, uh, keep that in mind um, and stay focused on that while we're tackling some of these challenges and look at a different, uh, um, different technologies and tools and solutions to, to what we do. Um, so those are, those are some important things I wanted to share for how we're, uh, how we're moving forward. Yeah, I really like that. I think sometimes, you know, it's important to understand why you're doing this. There's people behind this, right? Sometimes people get, you know, tunnel vision. They get so focused on what they're doing. We talk about data a lot and we forget really what that data is representing. At the end of the day, it's people, right? Mm -hmm. And so I like be kind is a great mission. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yep, exactly. Got to remind myself. <laughs> I, I know, right? And sometimes you need to just kind of take a step back 
take a deep breath, look at those five principles again and say, okay, this is why I'm doing this. Make sure that I have balance, be kind, understand my mission and move forward. So I really like that. Mm-hmm. I also love the mm-hmm. fact that you bring up so many different examples of what you're doing. And I know we've worked with you for a while. You had some great automation examples when you were in the procurement office, but you know, maybe can you talk some ways that the IRS is adopting automation AI, advanced analytics, so that you can improve the taxpayer experience. I know you talked a little bit about the augmented reality mobile application, but what else are you doing at the IRS or, you know, ideas in the pipeline for moving forward? Yeah, absolutely. Great, great question. Thank you, Kathleen. So I think one of our primary goals with our uh, our office and along our digitalization journey at the IRS is to increase our access to digital data. Uh, in other words, how can we get more of our data into a machine-readable format so we can use some of the tools that you mentioned, um, uh, like RPA and, and data analytics capabilities and other things under the AI umbrella. Um, so we have a few different pilots and, and, and projects that are in the works, but uh, to talk kind of a, a little bit more about some of the ones I mentioned earlier, but in that automation and digital intake uh, of space beyond kind of traditional scanning uh, technology solutions, we're looking at tools that can help us autom- automatically convert paper returns into digital formats that can be more easily stored, accessed, processed, uh, and so on. So one initiative is, um, is called our lockbox initiative. That's where we're working with financial agents to scan paper records on site automatically and then transition them to the IRS for electronic record keeping. So that's a big, big piece for automatically processing and, and storing those. The second initiative is our scanning as a service initiative, and that's making scan and validated images and the related metadata available for us to access and search, uh, and then to be able to, to utilize that when making business decisions or supporting a taxpayer with a particular case or issue they may, they may be having. Uh, so that's another, another key area. A third, a third initiative is our submission processing modernization initiative. And that is uh, um, basically uh, mailroom automation or mailroom uh, modernization. And that's performing the intake, processing, and sorting of huge quantities of multiple types of returns and documents with really high accuracy and, and, and speed. It's automating a lot of those different steps during the uh, uh, life cycle of, of uh, uh, document and data management, if you will. Um, some, some, uh, so those are some, some tech services related ones we're really excited about. There are also some things happening uh, internally in our, I'll say, our operations and support arena. Yes, I, I come from a, a procurement background, so I did a lot of great work there. Also in the financial management, human resources, and uh, some of those other internal activities. So uh, procurement is a really uh, important uh, space and area that's ripe for automation. Uh, uh, com- we have some compliance-based processes that uh, we're using RPA. We also have some market research tools and um, administrative transaction tools during the, the procurement process that we're looking at using on machine learning and other data analytics tools. Um, for example, we had one that was a, a data act bot uh, where the team used some historical procurement data across multiple um, systems to train uh, a machine learning model to predict the reason for, for an action and then also to correct a transaction if there was an error. So it was identifying it and then uh, correcting it automatically. Uh, so we saw some huge efficiency gains there, saving time, saving money. Uh, I think we saw over a 30% efficiency gain just within the first few months there. Uh, but beyond that, I think we're really looking at a lot of uh, downstream analytics capabilities, the predictive analytics capabilities. So really trying to explore how can we use data, uh, statistical algorithms, machine learning techniques, 
uh, and, and others to identify the likelihood of future outcomes based on historical data. So I think the goal for us is to really go beyond knowing what has happened in the past to providing our best assessment, uh, you know, a systematic assessment of what will happen in the future. Uh, so really being able to create uh, dashboards and more of a heat, heat map capability, if you will, that can provide us actionable insights and, and really in kind of a user-friendly um, uh, format for leaders to be able to do that. So I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of good activity happening right now, um, and there's a lot of good potential benefits if we'd be able to glean internally and then also externally for, for taxpayers. I think the more of our data that we make available for digital intake uh, and machine readability and digital storage, as I mentioned, then the more we can use these AI and data analytics tools to meaningly, meaningfully leverage our data and, and actually improve experiences and outcomes for the agency. Yeah, this is all wonderful stuff. You know, I mean, you work at the IRS, you know, not everybody likes to deal with the IRS, but <laughs> you're making it much more approachable, right? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Right. <laughs> We're trying. We are trying. <laughs> and I think I remember like in one of our other events, you quoted some 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 amazing number about like how much revenue the IRS actually generates for the government. Because that's the purpose of IRS is to all the things and the services that you know are paid for that's got to come from somewhere. The IRS isn't working on spending and it's working on generating it. So I th- I forget the number that right. you're talking about, like how much how much income comes through the IRS. Right. Right. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot. It's it's astronomical. So, um, so the IRS pulls in. Um, a pro, I think last year it was a little different with COVID the last couple of years, but I think it's approximately 3.6 trillion in annual revenue. So to put it in perspective, the largest commercial bank in the United States is J.P. Morgan Chase, and I think in 2022 they had about approximately 120 billion dollars in annual revenue. Um, so basically, the IRS is responsible for pulling in over 30 times more revenue than the largest commercial bank in the United States, which is one of the largest financial institutions in, in the entire world. So it's pretty, it's pretty mind-boggling, uh, just the, 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 the size and scale of what the IRS is dealing with. And it's, it's just one of the largest data management uh, organizations in the world. Um, and it really just puts things into perspective. So yes, we know we have challenges. Yes, we know there are some tough perceptions out there that we need to combat. Uh, but we are dealing with uh, uh, um, some very uh, tremendously large uh, challenges and problems that are a little bit different than you might see in a private bank. Yeah, and it's nice that you you know kind of give those numbers and put it into perspective so people really understand what you're dealing with and some of the challenges and why it's so important to have these conversations, have different teams, really start embracing emerging technology and seeing how you can help. So it's wonderful to hear all of the examples and ways that you are using emerging technology. Before we wrap up, we always like to ask the same final question to everybody because everybody, all of the guests on the podcast bring in their own unique experiences, uh, you know, different agency perspectives. So I always like to hear everybody's answer because it's so varied and unique. What do you see or hope to see as the future of technology and innovation in the government? Yeah, wow. That's a, that's an important uh, question. Thanks for uh, uh, asking. I think as I mentioned earlier, innovation is is not only about technology, right? I think we're we're currently in a unique data age and, and digital era where we've had incredible advancements and availability of cheap computing power. Uh, so I think you know we're constantly asking ourselves uh, at the IRS and in the government, how can we leverage uh, that to support citizens and in a better functioning democracy? How can we use that as a tool to to help improve things? So there's lots of buzz out there. 
and, and lots of uh, information and different uh, different concepts and, and terms. And so I think it's important for us to to really focus and and intelligently explore technology for our specific uh, business needs or customer needs, and then when appropriate, incorporate those technologies into our operations to to not only drive efficiencies but also improve accessibility and support for, for underserved communities and people that are really um, uh, struggling and in need of support from, from their government. So I, I think that's a, that's a key area. Also, I think at the IRS, this really means, you know, expanding digital services, uh, creating omnichannel CX to provide more of those self service channels, uh, using tools that can help us amplify our ability to reach taxpayers with info they need. Uh, and then also just to meet taxpayers and employees where they are at the time and the language and by the method or channel that they prefer. Uh, so I think expanding digital options really makes this more attainable for us. And then I think to get there, uh, a few things, we really have to focus on um, on partnerships, like I mentioned earlier. So internally and externally, I think internally, we have to focus on you know, transforming the IRS into a digitally led organization um, it really requires multiple offices and divisions to work in tandem, right? We can't can't succeed alone. Externally, it's industry partnerships. We will not be successful without robust strategic partnerships with industry. We have to be proactive and have meaningful conversations, talk about our business challenges, really attract some of those non-traditional partners to uh, the IRS marketplace. Uh, and then another element of that is I think we really have to have an agile mindset. Um, I think that you once taught me, Kathleen or, or Ron, or you at least articulated much better than me, but uh, we try to remember that, that phrase, start small, think big, iterate often. Uh, we can't go in all up front. Uh, we've done that too much in the past. We really have to focus on being incremental, build, measure, learn, rinse, rinse and repeat, right? So uh, I think that's important to keep in mind. And then also I think the measure of success uh, for, for us in our, our transformation journey should not be perfection. I think success is, are we, is the new method outperforming the old method? And then what are we learning at each iteration? Um, so I think, you know, we got to keep the, 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 those things in mind. We have to address our current needs and stay focused on the future while really also thinking about the future of the future and always building for what's next. Yeah, that's great. And I think that's a really, I, we like that mantra quite a bit. The think big, start small, and iterate often because it allows you the thinking big part is, hey, yeah, look to the future. Look at all the possibilities that technology can provide, maybe stuff that may not even be ready yet, but you can work towards. And of course, the start small is what can we do now? You know, what can, what can we really focus on now that will have the most impact, that has the biggest short term uh, return for you know, the st all this, the stakeholders that we're interested in, whether it's the employees, the customers, the citizens, the wh whoever is the stakeholder. And of course, we're always changing. Life is changing. That's the biggest thing that I think we've all learned. <laughs> the past yes, three, the 2020s, this this decade is definitely going to go down as like, <laughs> right? I don't even want to guess what the rest of the 2020s, I, 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 who knows, you know, asteroid, I, know. I shouldn't even mention anything, who knows, you know? So, yeah. uh, 
<laughs> but but I think that 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 rewards agility and that rewards uh, being nimble and that rewards always being aware of what's out there and what's happening. So Mitch has been fantastic interview. You shared a lot of great insights with our listeners, and you know we hope our listeners get a lot out of it. And you know, listeners, we'd love to hear from you too. If if you got something specific you want us to share with our with our guests, happy to do that. We're, this this podcast is really for you, our listeners. It's really so we'd like to hear from you about what you want to hear more of. Maybe you want to hear less of, I guess, what you want to hear differently. We'd like to hear from you on that. And uh, I'm sure Mitch would as well. You know, we really appreciate all that you're doing to share your insights with our audience. Yeah, absolutely. It's great speaking with you, Ron and Kathleen. Thanks so much for having me and uh, letting me represent the IRS team today. Yeah, thanks so much. We've got great resources if you're looking to get more insight and detail on a range of technology that we discussed in this podcast and other topics. Check out our resources, books, courses, checklists, explainer videos, webinars, and more at govfuture.com slash resources, tailored just for you, our GovFuture listeners. We'll make sure to link to that resources page in the show notes as well. Also, become a GovFuture member if you're not already to take advantage of all that the community has to offer, including access to a diverse network of government innovators, opportunities to collaborate with government agencies, exclusive access to events and resources, and a platform to have a voice in shaping the future of government innovation. To learn more and sign up, go to govfuture.com slash join. And as Ron mentioned, if you enjoy listening to this podcast, please make sure to rate us on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform and reach out to us as well. We always like to hear from our listeners. To view this episode's show notes, find additional episodes, subscribe to this podcast, and join the fastest growing community of government innovators, go to govfuture.com slash podcast. This sound recording and its contents are copyright GovFuture, all rights reserved. Music by Kevin McLeod. Thanks for listening to the GovFuture podcast and catch you at the next episode.